Hello everyone and welcome to this next episode of Shenmue Dojo Interviews. My guest on this interview is a well-known games guru who has been working through game trailers and Easy Allies over the years. He has streamed Shenmue via the game trailers platform and his reaction to the Shenmue 3 E3 2015 conference synonymized all of the Shenmue fans' reactions at the time. Not only that, he remains a massive Shenmue fan to this day. And my guest today is Easy Allies host, Michael Huber. So, Michael, welcome to the dojo. How are you doing? Doing excellent, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me. Um, much, much appreciated. Um, I'm going to dive straight in with a question that I always like to start with. Um, and I want you to talk us through a little bit of your gaming history. So <laughs> from first console, favorite games, just give me a whistle-stop tour of your gaming history to now. Totally. Um, I had a brother who recently passed away. He was three years older than me. He uh, passed away from cancer like two years ago. But since he was three years older than me, you know, I, as a kid, was always exposed to more mature video games, I guess. So we got NES, you know, was kind of our our starting point. And, you know, Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3, I like to say, is maybe the first game I ever really fully played. Um, So quite a bit of NES, but then Sega Genesis uh and mortal Kombat on sega genesis you could do the blood code to make it more graphic Mm, and even though my brother and i had an nes we chose to get sega genesis over super nintendo because mortal Kombat on super nintendo was edited it was it was there was no blood it was just like sweat (laughs) (laughs) so so we got sega genesis and uh yeah mortal Kombat definitely one of the biggest games Oh, yeah. I remember the controversy that caused. <laughs> so much. Totally. Yeah, I can remember my my mom just being really concerned about getting us that game. But, you know, my brother was a little older and, you know, we, we ganged up on her. <laughs> ah. So she eventually caved. And, you know, her whole thing when we were growing up was always, you know, it's just a video game, right? You know, it's not real. <laughs> She's always concerned. Yeah, we had that as kids, actually. Even my parents were quite good with that sort of thing. They they let me play the more mature stuff, um, more yeah. combat, um, a GTA. Totally. As a, as a 12, 13-year-old, which I probably shouldn't be playing, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Same, same GTA, so intense. Um, and my dad was like, you realize it's a video game? Yeah, I was like, yes, yes, I know. I'm not going to jump in a car and start <laughs> running everybody over and... No, was, I was lucky. I was very, very lucky to experience those like you were. Actually. Yeah. It's nice. So shout out to uh, shout out to my brother and my mom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exposing. And a shout out to my dad for yeah. letting me get away with it totally for, for so long. So obviously the Genesis as well, or the Mega Drive in the UK. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up a Sega Saturn? What did you sort of pick up after the Genesis? So I didn't have a Saturn. But I then I went to I had N sixty four, yeah. Um, my friend had a Sega Saturn, but I never had one personally. So, yeah, I think I went from Genesis over to back to N sixty four. I can remember just Mario sixty four being being the yeah. must have, the absolute must have. I can remember how expensive those games were. I can remember getting like 
Yeah. I can remember getting Turok. And I'll just remember like, okay, you're not, you're not getting another game all year. Cause this is it. Like, is, are you sure this is the one you want? I can remember getting Turok and bringing it home and getting to the first save spot. And it's like, I was so young at the time. I didn't know what the hell was going on with video games. So I get to the first save spot and it's like, Hey, you need uh, you need a memory pack to save your game. Oh, no. <laughs> so I can remember having to leave my N64 on for like, days at a time until i convince my mom to like mom i really need a save pack like i want to be able to to start and stop and save and she's like all right this is the last thing this is it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh god you're bringing back some memories there you can keep the keep the mega drive on the n6 yeah i used to do yeah. that yeah all the time man god like teenage Mutant Ninja have- turtles on nes i can remember keeping that on like for days at a time that game was so hard. <laughs> Impossible. I like the second one. The one that was in the arcade, the one with like the burning building in the beginning. Yes. That's one of my all-time favorites. I love that game. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. It's so I, I, I love that arcade game. I'd happily buy a cabinet if I could store it somewhere. Oh my gosh, yes. That's such a good game. So N64, and then was it Dreamcast after that? Yeah, it was definitely Dreamcast. Um, <laughs> I, I just, God, you're bringing back such memories. Getting nostalgic. I can remember so vividly being in an EB Games. Oh, wow. Um, I was in an EB Games at like a, a little strip mall, mini mall area. And they had a giant TV display in the building over their, over their games. And on that display was Sonic running away from the whale. Yes. Yes. And I remember that clip. Just mesmerized. And since we had Sega Genesis, you know, we loved the Sonic trilogy, Sonic two, of course, all time, all time best. Uh, but you know, seeing him on that, on that pier running away from that whale, that was it. It was, it was must have needed that system. Yeah. So. God, they, they, yeah, I remember being absolutely blown away by, I, we used to get um, in the UK, um, Sega Saturn official magazines. I don't know if mm-hmm. you had something similar in, in the US. I had a ton of magazines, which I'm sure we'll get into once we start talking about, you know what, but yeah. uh, I, I don't think I ever had the Saturn one. But we had the Saturn one over here and that it was, that it was still called Katana at the time when they revealed it in the magazine and they had like the screenshots of Sonic and everything else kicking around in it. And I remember just being the only way I could describe it was just, I sat there in awe of it. <laughs> it was, it was a leap that I never expected. And I'd actually argue one of the biggest leaps across a jet between general console generations that we've seen. I couldn't it, agree more. It was massive. It mm-hmm. was unreal. And then, you, you obviously had Sonic the Hedgehog. You had Soul Calibur, which is a fantastic game. <laughs> now, we obviously have our, our favorite game of all time, Shenmue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yep. Which, which yep. we'll talk about more in a bit. Yep. Uh, I remember playing Power Stone a lot. Do you ever play Power Stone? Yes, Power Stone oh, was fantastic. God, playing that with friends just nonstop. And then <laughs> Crazy Taxi and the, and the soundtrack. and Yes. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. It. Oh man, I feel, I feel like I'm fourteen again. It's so good. Absolutely it. no, it's so good. 
yeah love it i i i do agree uh with that that leap that sonic had with dreamcast you know that's reminds me of the the hd leap honestly it was just so crazy i was like how is this even possible yeah it was it's like they drew a line in the sand and said top this Mm -hmm. it was it was going back to it was sega at their best Mm -hmm. in every way shape or form it was Mm -hmm. it was unreal so sort of we'll go through the other consoles as well quickly so the dreamcast as we know, we, we could talk about this all day. Yeah. Um, did you, obviously, did you move on to the PS2 once the Dreamcast sort of faded away and then sort of through the PlayStation family? Or did you go over to Xbox or? Never had an original Xbox. Um, got a PlayStation 1 a little later. My neighbor had a PS1, so I usually just took advantage of that. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, but then, yeah, PS2 on my birthday. Uh, I can remember my brother running in and throwing the box on my bed and like, open it, open it, hurry up, let's go, open it. And it was the <laughs> PS2 Gran Turismo 3 bundle. Oh, nice. Um, my brother and I loved loved cars, you know, Fast and the Furious, crazy. He had, a, he had an STI. I had a 2000 Civic Si that I turboed and we got really into like street racing for a while there. But, uh, you know, I feel like it all kind of started with Gran Turismo 3. But then, yeah, after PS2, uh, it was PlayStation and Nintendo all the way, and a three and Xbox after after 360, of course. So now, just with my job and everything, and I'm an adult, and I can get a job, and I can buy my own games. Like now, I just usually favor every console. Doesn't matter what it's on. Game, exactly, games, they are, isn't it? It's... There are no console wars in my life. I think it's the the dumbest thing. I think it's so childish. Video games are video games. Like competition makes the other companies even better. Yeah, but definitely. like we're all they're all in this together. I mean, like the the positive person in me is like, yeah, we're all in this together. Like video games are the best. They're gonna be great. Obviously, there's a part of me that knows it's a business. Yeah, of course. And they're they're against each other in that sense, and they want to they want to get your money. But mm-hmm. still, at the end of the day, it's it's entertainment. It's video games love them all absolutely I, 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 yeah i can't you summed it up perfectly i'm looking at across my desk and i've got my i've got my my mega drive out and then there's a super nintendo just above it <laughs> yep yep and again nintendo both like why not yeah because <laughs> the games that those two companies were putting out back in the 90s even now they're fantastic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was always there was always envy not envy well Maybe yeah, I'm gonna call it envy because I was a mega. I had a Mega Drive. I was a Sega guy all the way through. I mm-hmm. love Sega, it was, and that's my dad's fault because he got us the Mega Drive. <laughs> that's absolutely his fault. But um, I always had envy of like things like Legends of Zelda on, on the snares and the NES. Um, and yeah. when I picked up an N64 when I got Ocarina of Time, and I mm-hmm. and I was, and I, when I was really introduced to Nintendo as a, as a brand, if you like, and I was like, wow, I missed out on so much stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was very 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 lucky and fortunate enough to be neighbors to one of my my ba- my best friend and my coworker as well, Brad Ellis, who is also part of Easy Alice. Uh, yes, but of course. He 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 had all those those he, like he had his games, I had my games, and then we would just share and we'd have them all. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the best arrangement in the world. That is, yeah. isn't it? 
We split Fantastic. the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, well, you can do it now, actually, can't you? On PlayStation and Xbox, you can game share and do it that way, which is quite mm-hmm. nice. Totally. It's cool, actually. I love it. Right. I'm going to move us into Shenmue because I could talk about old consoles and retro all day long. For sure. Setting the tone, though, like bringing us back. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm 14 again and picking up Shenmue for the first time. But I'm going to take us even further back. When did you first hear about Shenmue? How did you discover the series, and and what were your thoughts on it when you saw it? So, magazines like Game Pro, Dreamcast Magazine. I will never, ever forget. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because I can transport myself there. I'll never forget the screenshots in magazines of the hands. Yes. People's hands in Shenmue. That's how detailed this game was. They're showing hands of characters and like the veins in the hands and how each each finger was individual. Um, And that was it. I can remember just staring at those pictures and being in awe of how real they looked. I mean, we, we talked about Sonic, you know, kind yeah. of breaking down the barrier and looking so good. This was a, another leap above even that. And then just reading, reading all the details, of course, kind of, you know, reading about, hey, every character has their own life that they live. I'm just like, what is this game? It was... You just but you you talking about the hands just brings back a memory. It, yeah. it, I, it was the same over here. We in the Dreamcast magazines over here. They 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 really picked up on that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The hands, the realism, and that yeah. there was nothing, nothing like it before. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And I was hooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, from, from that moment on, I I was. It sounds like you were. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely, because like GTA three wasn't wasn't even a thing, you know. That was like two no. years after after Shenmue. So the idea of this living, breathing town where you could go into shops, the idea that you could play a video game inside of a video game. I mean, everything about this game before it came out was not only doing things that other games weren't weren't trying but it also just looked the best and just everything about it was was mesmerizing i mean i was uh, yeah 100 percent hooked every every time i would go into a barnes and noble or a or a store with magazines um i would just run over and and grab the magazines and like where shenmue like i want to i want to see new stuff like where is it when's it coming out what's happening yeah, no, I remember being shown it at school. A friend of mine showed me it, and and he vividly ran up to me in my in my in my form group in school and said, "Matt, you've got to look at this." <laughs> and me being me, I was like, what, "What's this?" And he showed me Shenmue, and I was like, "Oh my god, give me this game and give me this game now!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was nothing like it nothing like yeah absolutely nothing like it and i don't know if you'd agree with this or not but i i class it in my own mind as the first what we define now as triple a triple a i mean there's an argument to to be said about first modern open world even yeah 
Um, yeah, def- definitely. That I support that yeah. argument all the way. That it it was the first proper open world. I mean, I Zelda Ocarina of Time had an open world, but it was nothing like what Shenmue did, and that's not disrespectful to to the Zelda totally. games at all. Totally, it's like uh, comparing, you know, the the first first person shooter. Like there was there was one before Wolfenstein. And, you know, we we like to say it's Wolfenstein, but then at the same time, it's like, yo, Doom though is like the one that really made it mainstream. So there might be other earlier examples, but to me, yes. Shenmue is is absolutely, you know, the first big commercial AAA open world. Yeah, def- definitely. It was the first one that gathered that mass mainstream attention, if you like. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere, and it was Sega's flagship title for the Dreamcast as well. You had Yu Suzuki at the helm, who obviously, with his rich history of Virtua Fighter, Virtua Racing, he was a pioneer at the end of great, the day. Great call, Matt. You know, I was too young then to to follow creators Mm. so to me at that age it was just just the game you know i really wanted the game um but i can imagine being even somehow even more hyped than i already was knowing that it was you suzuki because even at that time he had such a rich history like you were saying uh of games yeah definitely and like you i was too young to follow follow creators i was only like mm-hmm. 13 at the time i wasn't very old yeah i was 12 yeah i was 12 <laughs> it was only only as i hit my sort of late teens early 20s that i started picking up on these things i was like mm-hmm. what Yu suzuki did virtual fighter and i know it was i know it was touted as the sort of the virtual fighter rpg but it took me a while to make those links which sounds horrendous <laughs> now owning a shenmue website but <laughs> Yeah, we just didn't think about it back then, you know? No, we didn't. We didn't. So let's talk about the game itself. It's in your hands. You picked it up. Where, I'm gonna, where did you buy it from, first off? Probably EB Games. That's where I did all my shopping. Uh, my mom was friends kind of with the owner in there. He would let us return games, like, more so than the store policy. Sometimes, Excellent. you know, I would get a game and maybe it wouldn't work or it's not what I expected. And he was just so cool. And he would let us, uh, you know, just swap it out. No problem. Right. So, yeah. So so back then I, I got all my games from from that store. And yeah, yeah, I can just remember getting it and it being, you know, the all those discs. Yes. I remember just being shocked by that. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. And I don't I don't I don't remember like the first time I ever booted it up, but I can just remember playing on my living room floor and having magazines and the instruction manuals kind of scattered all around and, and just, just going through and and trying to just discover things. You know, it wasn't really about finishing or beating the game as much as living in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. (laughs) No, it was. It was. I don't know. It it encouraged you to to do what you wanted at the pace you wanted. So, if you wanted to go to the shop and buy you know, buy a chocolate bar or get into the raffle, you want to go to the arcade, that it, it gave you the freedom to to just lose yourself. That's the mm-hmm. only way, and that that's the only way I can describe it. And that's without us even touching on the story itself. <laughs> Yeah. 
yeah, once that, that story got its hooks in me, there was no looking back. I mean, still to this day, I am so invested in this character, Ryo Hazuki. Like, this, this kid <laughs> is part of my life. You know, I want to see his journey complete. Yeah. I, and I want the best for him, you know? He's been through hell. His dad got murdered. Like, but is vengeance really the answer? You know, I know we're going to get into it more, but I just want him. I want him to be happy, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> want, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, that, we want to see the end of his journey by all means. So can you remember, I know I'm probably being a bit cheeky asking because it's a long time ago. Can you remember when the story hooked you? You know, it was probably Ine-san. Yeah. Complaining about me being out too late. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, that that was it. And it just felt so real. I felt guilty. I felt guilty for making a video game character worried. And then I knew that was it. Yeah, it, that... It conveyed emotion mm-hmm. in a, in a mm-hmm. way I don't think a game had done before, which is why I think when Shenmue gets you, it gets you and it doesn't let go, does it? No. Yeah. And that, that, that just that, that emotion, like you're talking about, you know, it was just so realistic. And that's something Shenmue 3 unfortunately didn't have was those visuals that were just so, so far ahead of everything else that it really did feel mm. real. It did. It was so realistic. It did. And you can go through Shenmue 1 itself, the, the scenes with Nozomi, for example, mm-hmm. with Rio being very cold towards her and I'm screaming at him. <laughs> <laughs> Just be nice to her. <laughs> Treat her right, damn it. <laughs> Man, yeah. And then it's also, I go back to the opening cutscene actually, when you're walking through and he holds and he goes into the dojo and Landy obviously takes Rio out, kills Rao, and, and he dies in Rio's arms. I mean, the whole scene, the music, the presentation, and the way it was set, which is that was it. There have been yeah. it was the cinematics on it just just absolutely nailed it. I think. Oh my god! Every every time you bring something up, I get chills. I wish you could see my arm right now. My my arm has all my hair is sticking up because <laughs> I'm thinking just how attached not only me but you as well, and just any Shenmue fan. We're just so damn attached. Yes. To this world, to this story. Like, how do you not get chills just thinking of that night when Londi's at the at the dojo at the house, and it's all rainy. You know, the doors busted open. It's just. It feels like a like a lived memory. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I, I, it's so relatable because it makes you feel those emotions it makes you it puts you in rio's shoes without forcing mm-hmm. you it just i don't know it gets his claws into you and that's it you're in you're in for the long haul here and it's, yeah. it i would struggle in my years of playing games there aren't many that have done that 
even to this totally. day. And I think that's why it's so special now. Yep. To everybody. Um, yeah, universal themes. I'm always about universal themes and Shenmue nails that. You know, I will take grounded, a grounded reality where you're learning life lessons just about, you know, dude, thinking about the four woo do, mm. <laughs> four woo do hype. Uh, I just eat that stuff up. I love that. I'll take that that kind of human story over over genre stuff usually every time. And I mean, Shenmue One's very much about about your friends. It's about the close knit network and community mm-hmm. of Dobrita itself, because obviously everybody knows Rio, and they know they're trying to help him get through that that bereavement, that loss. And oh, I love that. And I just uh, yeah. And, Sorry. And he's, he's so, and he becomes so headstrong, doesn't he, in it? That he, mm-hmm. And you have his father's dying words keep friends and those you love close to you. And he completely ignores it. <laughs> I know. He is a man on a mission, singular focus, <laughs> reckless. But I do, like you said, oh, I love that. I love that vibe and dynamic so much. You know, when people ask me, which one do you like more, Shenmue 1 or 2? I always say 1. And it's because of one reason, and that's because of the town. Yeah. The town that knows Rio. You know, these are his friends, his family. I love, 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 love that dynamic. You know, when you go to Hong Kong, it's very cold. And that's by design. You know, these are strangers. You're getting, you know, you're getting pickpocketed. You're getting, yeah. you know, you're in a, you're a fish out of water. You're uncomfortable. You're off balance. So I just, I love the the cozy small town feel. Yeah. In the first game. And it's, it's nailed. They get it spot on with that, that mm-hmm. small town feel with his friends, even going mm-hmm. to the docks as well and everything. I don't, it's just magical. It's just magic. It is. It is. Me. It is. It still is. So Shenmue 2, obviously, because um, you're in the United States, you yes. you, you're you unlucky that you didn't get the Dreamcast oh my release, gosh. so I presume you imported it. I did. This is the only, still to this day, this is the only game I've ever imported in my life. Wow. Um, yeah, I would not be denied the continuation of this story, damn it. So I can remember getting it off eBay. And and getting the the European copy and having to get a boot disc. Yeah, uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty simple process actually. The you put the boot disc in, then you put the the European Shenmue disc in, and you're you're good to go. I will say though, Matt, you probably had a better experience than me. This was always heartbreaking, but it it is what it is. And I I was just so fortunate enough to play the game. It didn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm couldn't import my save of course couldn't import my items so i didn't have my continuation into which which kind of hurt the experience but but you know i was playing it on a dreamcast in america so i was happy yeah oh yeah you were bringing that up i was like oh man you wouldn't have done get the save across we Mm -hmm. we we lucked out here a little bit i think i don't (laughs) so you're stepping off that boat into Hong Kong. We've already touched on this a little bit already, but I want to go into some more sort of detail around it. You mm. step off that boat in Hong Kong and the instant feeling is, wow, this place is huge. I feel mm. lost. Was that the same for you? 
Absolutely. And and really quick, I'm really sorry. To go back for one second to the ending, the ending of Shenmue 1. Yeah, absolutely. Not catching Lan Di, not getting revenge, not even fighting him. I mean, that was that was a shock. I was I was shocked by that. Um, I, I, do you know something you mentioned in the ending? I until very shortly after finishing Shenmue One, I didn't know it was going to be a sequel. <laughs> so I was yeah, sat there I, scratching my head. <laughs> what? Where's yeah. he going? Yeah, I was I was blown away, and then when it ended, I was like, "Oh, this is only just beginning." What? So yeah, the hype immediately as soon as the credits roll i mean it's unfinished business and i think that's different than a lot of sequels where you know usually you get a sequel but the the business is done like uncharted uncharted i'll I'll think of that was the first thing that popped into mind Mm -hmm. you know like uncharted one to two like you you finish the journey in one but then there's a new journey in two or you know i i just this was this was so unfinished. It wasn't even a sequel to me. It was a continuation. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So sorry, yeah, sidetrack there. Uh, so getting off the boat, yeah, just it felt massive and so uncomfortable. I I knew Inesan wasn't back at the house to just kind of retreat to if everything went sideways. It was dangerous. There was a danger in Shenmue 2, uh, uh, to me, unlike one. It was this big city, gangs everywhere, you know, versus versus the small town that you were so used to. Yeah, and I, the, opening, <clears throat> the opening sort of scene is you come off the boat and you turn left to go towards the Free State Lodge, and you get bombarded with all these people trying to sell you things, take your photos. That's when mm-hmm. I remember sitting there going, oh, hello, this is going to be an experience and a half here. Yeah. You see the little, the lodge there too. It's like really run down. Yeah. Like, oh, I miss, I miss my room. <laughs> miss my things. And then you get your bag stolen within, what, 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah instantly yeah and you get then of course you know you get caught up in the whole thing and chasing down leads i do like that aspect of of obviously chasing down leads and of course that's in every shenmue yeah i just love this this detective mystery that's going on you know sometimes i feel like batman (laughs) investigating (laughs) interrogating people going undercover love all that and rio's got this as we've said before, he's very single-minded, isn't he? He doesn't think about his actions. I know we talk about the four voodoo, but he hasn't got them yet. And you can can see it in his mannerisms, in his character. He's so headstrong that he just dives into these situations without a second thought. And it's brave, I'll give him that. (laughs) But it's also very, very stupid. (laughs) Reckless, for sure. Which is why Li Shao Tao, dude, one of my favorite arcs. Yeah, I would, I would second that. I think because Rio's naive, isn't he? When he meets, mm-hmm. when he meets her for the first time in the temple, doesn't twig that 
Mm-hmm. She's she's the master of the temple. And then I vividly remember when he comes back after learning the full we do and he steps out and she said she challenges him to fight and he's like, I'm not fighting a woman. And she just yeah. blur motion moving towards him and he can't touch her. Yep. And I can only imagine how he felt because I remember sitting there losing my mind, not being able yep. to hit her. Dude, man, seriously, man, like the restraint of these games and you Suzuki. Here we are a game and a half in. We've played an entire game and a half and we are not even close to being a martial arts master or being able to go toe to toe with Londi. Like that realization that there's still such a long way to go and to grow is still unlike, unlike any game. It's just, it's marvelous. I love it. It's, yeah. And even with, with Shenmue 3, and we'll touch on that shortly, he's still got so far to go. Mm-hmm. Even even there, he does. If we, carrying we, all those books, <laughs> I just love all, oh, love all yeah, that. The book, trying to calm his mind, which uh huh, which is ironic because I remember playing it and just running and doing the QTs to try and get <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, sprinting with those books. <laughs> Rio's got so some, funny. Rio's got some good balance. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh my, and then. When you leave Wan Chai itself, you go to Kowloon, which is, you know, that is a really yeah. dangerous, dark, dingy place. And the first oh, thing that man. happens is you get captured and you have to mm-hmm. escape. And that's some of my favorite parts of Shenmue as a whole, actually, is when you're trying to escape from that capture for the first time, running with Ren yeah, handcuffed together. Oh, iconic incredible just such a fun dynamic those two so so much fun and yeah like you were saying Kowloon Walt City uh just a very dangerous place yeah dangerous dark not yeah, not knowing what's around the corner and you're with Ren who you don't know whether to trust him or not they have uneasy alliance. Yes, very uneasy. They have this uh, almost brotherly relationship. Ren, mm-hmm. Ren just knows how to wind Rio up, and it's really funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Totally. I can just I, poking him. Just poking him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when he bets against him in one of the street fights. <laughs> yep. So great. All the double-sided coins as well. Yeah. And yeah, it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of Yakuza, like Majima and Kazuma. Yes, sure. yes, very, very. Well, Yakuza, yeah. And even in Shenmue Three, at the end, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played this yet, um, when Ren takes on one of the three henchmen, and Rio turns around to him, and asks how they're even friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are even friends. It just that sums their relationship up. Yep, or at area two at the end, it, Ren's just like, all right. You got it from here. Yeah, it's, it's all yours, mate. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to bring us back into Shenmue 2 again. Mm-hmm. The rooftop fight. Oh, my God. Give me your summary of the rooftop fight. 
so you you're you're chasing the big dude up there. I forget his name. What's his name? Uh, Donio. Yes. You're chasing him up on the roof. You get up there. As you finally get up there, who do you see but Londi escaping on a damn helicopter? So close, dude. So close, but so far. I Dude, it was like, I felt Star Wars vibes, man. Like, I was about to go to the dark side. I felt a rage. <laughs> I felt so angry of that stare down. Him just staring us down and flying off. Like, always freaking one step ahead. Yeah. Always one step ahead. And here we are at the end of another game. Like, this is two full games now, and I'm no closer to catching you than than before like this is this is nuts that that stare down is 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 crazy it is it is so much emotion so many feelings without any words being said and games nowadays can easily do that i think of last of us part two recently you know people can convey such emotions without saying a single word but this was 20 years ago. So, you know, the fact that they were, they were to me on that level, uh, just speaks volume to the, the power of the story. It absolutely does. And it's the look of Rio's face as, as he flies off and he, you can see he starts getting angry, his eyes narrow. And it's, mm-hmm. you, you feel that with him. You feel that, that emotion, that rage, that, that he's just that, fingertip out of reach <laughs> right there dude oh hurts and it did make me wonder why he didn't come landy didn't come down and murder everybody but dude because rio's not even worth it man yeah rio's not even worth landy's time and that's it's like bm dude that's what i love is like we're rio isn't even close he's not even not even a thought I feel like on Lundy's mind. Yeah, he's, and that is reinforced. Yeah, that's reinforced in the next one, which I'm sure we'll get into. Oh yes, I will, there's a one line that stands out in that, but we'll come to it in a minute. But I'm going to talk about Guilin in Shenmue Two. You've had this yeah. epic, absolute oh epic my. fight on the rooftop. You end up in Guilin, and it is <sighs> two to three hours of calm. Yeah. Dude, as a kid. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to be honest. It was kind of over my head as a kid. Yeah. I didn't connect to it as much, you know, because they're talking about such deep life stuff that I, I just, I didn't connect to it as much back then. And I was just kind of going through the motions of like walking through the woods, you know, it's not the most fun gameplay. You're just walking. You're walking and talking through these woods. So I can remember just kind of being like, okay, it was it was fine. I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I I didn't love it. And then of course, going back years later, replaying the games, streaming the games, everything, just feeling feeling that so much more than I ever did. Yeah, I w- I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I didn't get it. When I was younger, when I first played it through, I thought, oh, this is nice, but I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't get what it was doing. 
I look at it now and I, I and it was daring. So daring. So daring. My goodness. Yeah. Because you've come from this massive action-packed sequence to something that's completely opposite, as far away from the the, re- the, the previous scenes as you can get. <laughs> and yeah. daring, outrageous, and it's something I didn't realise I needed until they did it. <laughs> yeah, and... You know, daring is the perfect word because, again, for two full games, which is like we're so used to franchises now. But again, like. Asking players to be this patient and to commit for this long is. That is a serious ask. That is a tall order. And. The fact that Londi had just flown away in a helicopter and now we're just walking through the woods with no immediate hope of catching up to him it was it was just a very bold storytelling move absolutely but then in the last 10 minutes Mm -hmm. it goes Mm -hmm. it it cranks it to 11 it goes mad (laughs) yeah we we find a, a cave with a note and a sword and some giant mirrors i was like what is happening and then the game ends. <laughs> and then the game ends on one of the most legendary cliffhangers ever in a game, you know, introducing it, it almost felt like we were about to to go into a like a spirit realm or, or some kind of magic or like magic was about to be introduced. Yeah. Definitely. I just didn't know what to think. It was I remember when I finished it and I was like, right give me Shenmue 3 now. Right now. Little knowing what would ensue in in the intervening years, which we're going to talk about now, actually, is those intervening years. Obviously, you stream Shenmue on game trailers, you streamed on Easy Allies. In that intervening period, did, did you ever give up on the franchise? Was it something that you thought would never happen that Shenmue 3 itself would, would never occur. Cause we had things like Shenmue online. We had some of the cameos from Rio in like Sega all-stars racing and things. Did, did you think it would happen? Always. I never stopped hoping and believing because of you Suzuki. Mm-hmm. As long as that man believed and wanted to make more and continue this journey. I, was going to believe as well. So I just never gave up. I would go through fits and spurts of super, super hyped and, and needing it and wanting it to trying to putting it, put it out of my mind, but it was always in the back of my head, just hoping. And hopes. I think that's what kept the community going. Actually, it was that hope and that desire. Did you did you follow any of the community sort of campaigns that were going on at the time or anything like that? Um, honestly, not too much. Um, not too much. Would always, anytime Shenmue was mentioned and I would see it though, I would always click into it or 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 see what was going on. So I would definitely follow it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to mm, okay for any of that. 
just because it felt I, I I would have this hope and desire for it to continue, but it it also sometimes felt like well nothing can really be done until they they announce it or something. You know, I, I just felt like there was nothing I could really do. Yeah, that's that's fair. I can see. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're not the budget holders. We're not the yeah, people behind yeah. it, are we? We can just shout a bit and go. And it was successful, but we'll come to that now. Actually, in terms of in terms of the the E three of Dreams two thousand and fifteen. Um, now I'm going to ask you: Did you see the Yuzuzuki forklift tweet before? I did. I did, and I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know if he was being cheeky. If he was just joking around, if we were going to get a remaster, maybe, mm. you know, I didn't in that moment immediately think of Shamu 3 is happening. Wow. And, yeah. and it's funny looking back now, isn't it? When you think he it's was so obvious. He was, yeah. He was almost almost trolling us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I have it, I have it on good authority from doing other interviews actually that sony were not too impressed that he did that really because <laughs> they wanted to keep it quiet they wanted that that surprise factor yeah. i mean even even seeing it i was so shocked how can you not i mean if yu suzuki had even announced it he's like yo i'm, ma- I'm making Shenmue three like even then i would have been i would have paused because it had been so long i would have been like wait are you sure <laughs> So, I don't know if anything could have uh, prepared me for that official announcement. No, and I mean your your reactions in Shenmue folklore now, and I will, and I I say this as a compliment. It encapsulated every Shenmue fan in one person. That reaction, we were all there with you. That's awesome to hear. I love, I love that everyone felt that way, you know, cause how do you not like Matt, you're following this series for 20 years. Like you want to see redemption. You want to see the continuation. And it's even more than that. I think the reason I got so emotional was because it's so many, so many things happening and converging at once. It's, of course, being able to continue Rio's journey, which is awesome. It's like, yo, we we finally get to continue awesome. But it's Yu Suzuki. It's this man chasing his dream and getting it done for him and for us. And it's like, he wants it really bad for him and for us. And I want it really bad for us and for him. And it's just like this circle of love that was just so powerful. I mean, I... I, I can remember getting so emotional. And then when, when I saw him, when I saw him, it was like this gut punch to the heart of just, yes, man, you did it. Like chase your dream. And the reaction live of the people there, he got a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- Rightfully so. Never give up. It's just such a legendary story. Yeah, man, it's giving me chills going back to that. Even now, I've got chills. I I would, I put that event 
only, it's only superseded by my wedding. <laughs> Good answer. Great answer. Great answer. Because that's, that's the <laughs> only way I can do it justice. Is in all honesty, is 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 that my, I remember sitting up watching it on my laptop. I was still at my mum's place at the time, and I had to keep myself quiet because it was two a.m. in the morning. And yeah. I just remember it happening, and I remember feeling all sorts of emotions that. I, so and those emotions will live through you, quite frankly. It was, man. It's I've got chills. I thought, I'm, yeah, I'll leave it there. Just, yeah, an unforgettable moment, you know. And and, and Final Fantasy VII and Last Guardian, <laughs> right around there too. Just nothing will top that. That is like I never never say never, but like that is going to be the, such a hard E3 moment to ever top. Just that holy trinity of games that people had given up on basically you know like oh these are never gonna happen like stop dreaming and it's like no Yu Suzuki coming out showing us never give up yeah absolutely chase it and his just determination and his commitment to getting this done for so long is inspirational yes 100% and you're right it's that circle the community him and everybody pulling the same way we all want it and we all want it for each other and i think that's what makes the shenmue franchise and the community and everything around it so special it's gone yep. it's gone beyond it's gone beyond the game in some respects i think now i yeah i agree it is it's the lifestyle <laughs> like you're a you're a Shen, like shenmue fans you know we are so in love and committed it's like it, it is more than it's more than a game yeah it's more than a hobby. It's more than a than a pastime. Like it is intertwined with our lives, and you know, part of that obviously is this this decades long unfinished journey that we've been on. But it, it's it's more than that too. It's yes, yeah. yeah. the best. It's it's an experience that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you bottle it and sell it if you could. It's a fantastic experience. Yeah. So the Kickstarter, how long did it take mm-hmm. you to back it? Bearing in mind you were live at the time. Oh, uh, uh, as soon as I got home, as soon as I got home that night, you know, my I, my wife was waiting for me. She knew what just went down. I remember sending her a picture of me just weeping. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. We got home and just immediately booted up that Kickstarter. And she was like, whatever you do, we weren't married at the time yet, but, and she was like, whatever you do, I'll match. <laughs> so oh, really? she, she's like, okay, so however much you choose, I'll, I'll do that too. And then we put in together one big chunk. I think we did like the three or $400 one. I think we did like 150 each. So we both gave like 300 bucks. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a capsule toy one yep yep yeah i've got the little uh reel on the forklift right here i'm holding on to oh, you did so <laughs> you, did, you did so well with that i love those um capsules there they're brilliant yeah they're so good so so good what did you think of it going to kickstarter as a sort of a side point to it i loved it i thought it was genius and i ah I, oh, I can remember this being controversial at the time yes i, can. I mean 
what what isn't controversial in in video game the video game industry now it feels like sometimes mm, uh to me this was a very silly insulting controversy i was i was upset about this um i can remember the whole thing about oh well sony's backing it and now you want us to pay you money like um (laughs) yeah just that whole dynamic and probably just from a lot of loud people who hadn't been waiting 20 years for for the continuation of this story you know like i had no problem this was kickstarter these were donations i can spend my money however the hell i want to uh who are you to tell me to not to not do this you know and and the whole thing with sony you know they were publishing and producing or whatever but that still wasn't the budget of the game like this game still needed help it needed support so i'm gonna ask a question around the kickstarter it's something we've talked about a lot in the communities do you think they could have communicated better because around the sony situation because as you, as you rightly say, I think people jump on certain aspects of that Kickstarter, the Sony aspect mm-hmm. being one of them at launch, and assume that they're backing it. Do you think they should have communicated that better, that actually Sony were a partner, but nothing more? Yeah, maybe like the next day or two, once things had calmed down, do like a dev diary or something about, hey, yeah, yeah, I think it probably could have been addressed better, but even now that seems like so long ago i feel like nowadays maybe that would have happened yeah i don't know it's interesting yeah because yeah yeah i think maybe there needed to be a little bit of damage control but at the same time it was like if you it was it was it just felt so specific it was like yo this shenmue 3 kickstarter is for shenmue fans like and I, and I don't say that as like a gatekeeper or like, yo, stay out of it. But it is the third game in an unfinished story. So if you had never, ever played a Shenmue, naturally, you're not going to be as invested or interested in this. Absolutely. And I think there were some aspects of, of the media at the time that latched onto it. And mm-hmm. I think Shenmue to a point gets a unfair reputation even now in some aspects of the media and the way it's portrayed. Yeah, yeah, I can I can also remember unfortunately this completely unwarranted battle between Yakuza and Shenmue yeah. that all of a sudden kind of erupted on the forums and it's like yo this is still this is Sega still a lot of the Shenmue people work on yakuza like you're criticizing the same people that are working on the games i can remember just this war and it's like no these are they share similar dna like to me yakuza is shenmue's cousin yeah and i was just happy that during those long years of not having shenmue 3 i had yakuza to fall back to like these are two franchises i love why do they need to be at war why do they need to fight each other like, it's so silly to me. Let's all hold hands. Yakuza and Shenmue are both incredible. We can enjoy both things. Absolutely. I completely concur. They're both superb in their own right. They do mm-hmm. 
different things very, very well, and they live together. I've got every Yakuza game on my on my shelf, uh-huh. and I, I I love both franchises, and I completely agree with you. They co they, they, of course they can coexist. Exactly. Yeah, I can just remember they were being. You know, it was it was short lived, but I can remember that being such a big thing for a minute. It, yeah, it's died down now actually, which is which yeah. is good. Um, and I think. Yakuza fans are, are discovering Shenmue and seeing what it's about, and likewise the other way. And I think that's how it should work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you don't have to like one or the other. You can like both. You can hate, but it doesn't matter. But they, mm-hmm. there's no need for this. My my franchise is better than your franchise. It, it doesn't matter. Exactly. exactly. Just enjoy them both, or don't. <laughs> so I'm going to go sort of accelerate through the Kickstarter a little bit, the sort mm-hmm. of the communication side of things again was the epic deal which was tough oh yeah yeah what's what's your take on it um i don't really have a take it was discouraging just anytime there were problems or or backlash you know i would get a little sad i i i don't remember the specifics it was like one year of exclusivity right yeah. on the epic yeah. game store yeah that's right yeah yeah um i don't want to insult anyone but like can't you just play it on steam or i mean or i mean couldn't you just play it on epic like do you have to play it on steam or wherever like what is why can't you just download epic game store and just play the game there like does it really matter at the end of the day i don't know no, it doesn't bug me. No, it's one of those. It doesn't bother. Me. I don't. I don't think the actual announcement was handled very well. But I, yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, it's a storefront. Exactly. It's not changing the game whatsoever. If I'm playing it on Epic or Steam, and and this is just my personal opinion. And again, I don't want to offend anyone, but I've been waiting. Yeah, the best part of eighteen years, like you have. I don't, that could have been on a toaster and I'd have played it. Yeah, you tell me where and I'm there, period. Like, however we get there. I, I, and that's, that's the whole thing about this Kickstarter and the Sony and the Epic is fans had been waiting so long. I think we were patient and willing to give the benefit of the doubt on everything (laughs) versus cynical media and people who were not attached to come in and kind of just try to tear it down yeah i I would agree with that actually definitely so going into your first play of shenmue 3 because you you managed to get your hands on it at e3 in 2019 can you just so fortunate describe that describe that moment to me because i've seen your videos yeah what an experience just being able to sit with you, Suzuki, and play Shenmue 3, I mean, this is once in a lifetime. And, and I did not take that moment for granted. I was scared shitless, mind you. <laughs> I was very nervous. Um, you know, I don't speak Japanese as well, so there was there was the language barrier, of course. But just that moment being behind closed doors. It was, it was me and, and my coworker, Don, if you watch easy allies, Don was, was the cameraman we were, we were filming and uh, 
just being able to play it in front of him was yeah it was it was nothing short of magical i remember watching your video talking about you know, with going into the room and he stood behind mm. you and you turn around yes. and like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah yeah because i had sat down to play it and then i turned around and he was standing there and i was ah! and then so then i played it for a bit but then he left for a minute and then I'd finished the demo. I think he he didn't want to rattle me. He wanted wanted to let me yeah. go through it. Cool. And then as soon as it was done, he came in and we were talking. And then he showed me some NDA stuff, Ooh. which I won't even I won't even say now. But it was he showed me some parts down the line in Shenmue Three that had not been revealed to the general public. So that was fun. he he did the whole like uh, old PC game thing where you're the floating camera. You know? Oh yeah. He was yeah. like the. F- Floating camera through kind of some environments that had yet to be revealed. And uh, that was just so fun. Just, you know, and and I just I just wanted to thank him, you know, on behalf of of everyone. I was just like, yo, we're we're so happy. Like, I I, I just thank you <laughs> for never giving up on Shenmue 3. Yeah. Like, I, I again, <laughs> it's exactly I think how the community feels. And I've, I've been lucky to meet him twice with well within because i went to magic monaco in 2019 awesome and funny story um me and my co- dojo co-owner met him in in a hotel lobby by accident oh, so which cool. was which was a surreal experience and he and he came across as such a humble man and so thankful <laughs> for the community and for us being there and sticking by him but equally it I that I convey that thanks back to him for never giving that dream up and mm-hmm. just wanting to, to to complete and continue that saga. Yeah, because without him, like games are games are more than the more than one person. Yeah, usually you know, like obviously some games out there are made by one person, but this story could never have continued if it weren't for him definitely like he was the like franchises that are long dormant i think of of silent hill you need a champion to pick it up and get it going and get it made you need someone like that and you know pt had was silent hills was kojima like yeah. kojima tried to pick up that torch and carry it and that's a whole another sad story for another day but you you suzuki just kept going with this it's a it's a testament to his character as well i think to never give up mm-hmm. and, yeah and like i said earlier just just so inspirational and and that that inspiration and that commitment to never giving up intertwines with the game so it's taking this real world energy and hope and and kind of wrapping it around the game and the game's themes and it's an experience like no other because of that absolutely absolutely I completely agree so talking about Shenmue 3 um, itself and the game itself um obviously critically it's it's divided opinion to be fair i loved it i thoroughly enjoyed my time with it um it does have obviously some of its flaws. I'm not. I'm, it's not beat around the bush about of it. Course. Of course. But what what did you think of Shenmue Three when you when you finished it and played through it? What were your thoughts on it? 
I really, I, I did like it. And like you said, let's not beat around the bush. This game has some, some serious problems. Um, I mean, right out of the gate, superficial, but, so, but also so important is visuals. Um, that when Shemu one came out, it was like freaking avatar in the IMAX, you know, it was pushing technology forward. Like we had never seen. Um, and that alone allows you to be more immersed in the world you're exploring. So right, right, right away, you know, Shenmue 3 didn't look great. Fortunately, though, it looked better than I thought it would. Because remember some of the, the that that Kickstarter first video, yes, where you know, cool. the prototype footage. And uh, I, I like that every time they showed Shenmue 3, it looked better and better and better visually. Yes, definitely. So, so at least there was that. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. And I always go back to my favorite parts of Shenmue 3. My absolute number one is going home at night and talking to Shenwa. Absolutely. They are fantastic. Just the best moments. Man, oh man. I can remember just late at night sitting in my living room playing through that and just those conversations sucked me in and took me back to the days of Shenmue 1 and 2 just sitting around the dinner table and talking about the past and the future and the meaning of life (laughs) so yeah they are some of the best conversations in i think in the franchise actually i I agree i completely i'm so glad you said that i completely agree they are so well done and it's those it it, yeah you're right it took us back to the first two games and i think another moment i had in in shenmue 3 is in i think it's rainbow basin where you find this this, the second tree and there's that punch Mm. mark on on the on the on the tree itself and then it starts playing the music from the first game you get the flashback to rio training with his dad mm-hmm. that, that for me uh, it, it stands out as sure. what shenmue one and two did which would draw you into that emotion to that feeling of, of why we're there yes completely like driving home the the memory of of our dad reminding us you know taking us back yeah definitely and and refreshing why we're on that journey and speaking mm-hmm. of that journey um we we get hold of landy <laughs> for the first time in yes. three games we get hold of him yes how how did you how did you feel about it how, not just from an emotional standpoint but from obviously playing through it Loved it. I think Shenmue 3, the combat, like, hmm. <laughs> the combat is okay. Yep. I, this, this is the most controversial opinion I think I have of Shenmue 3. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, yeah. where, if you agree or disagree. I almost wish that Shenmue 3 combat was just QTEs. Honestly, like I, I almost wish they had just gotten rid of the free flow combat because it wasn't 
up to to the standards i feel like from the first two games like you can't even throw it was just really stiff i know even the earlier ones are, are kind of feel a little stiff but just here we are you know in, in 2019 i feel like maybe we should have just gone with qtes because they look flashy they're still fun to do what do you think yeah it's a very interesting point i thought the system itself i thought mm-hmm. once you get into it and you get over that sort of stiffness around it i think there's a good system there which they can yeah some of those some of those punches and kicks feel awesome yeah like, and they, they, it's like an explosion and they flow into each other really nicely mm-hmm. I, I just sense that they maybe have been a little bit over ambitious with it yeah um yeah but they just didn't have the resources i feel like for it yeah i would agree and i think the, the the idea of QTE fight sequences would have been really cool, especially with Landy, like basically handing your ass to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just get beat up, which is which was always going to happen. I must say, loved that because yeah, I is it game game wise? He's what five six months in to the story. He's never going to be on that yeah. level at that point. No, Landy's a freaking master, an absolute martial arts master. So. I, I, de- I didn't understand the the discontent around that personally, but going back to the system, I think. Oh, I love. Yeah, I love getting my ass yeah. kicked. One hundred percent. It was. Yeah. It was always going to happen. It had to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to turn Super Saiyan at some point. Yes. Somehow we do. <laughs> we'll close the gap. <laughs> going back into the system itself, I, I think they did. They just like you say. I think it, it was it was over ambitious. Maybe they ran out of time on it. Um, but I would also go back to Yu Suzuki and his ambition and his desire. And yeah. I, it wouldn't be a Shenmue game for me if they weren't trying to be ambitious, for, exactly. for fault or not. And, the, and we, we were talking about some of the issues in the game now, but I would... Totally. I completely respect the effort yeah. for, for the combat, even though that is my biggest criticism of, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that that sequence at the end with Ren, obviously Rio asking how can you... <laughs> and one, one point stood out in that was when they finished with the three henchmen and Landy sort of very sort of almost brushing Rio off. I see you improved mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. There's gotta be more to the story here you know because like wouldn't lon d want to want to take rio out i mean here we are now we've been following him for a long time and he knows that he's got to know that he's seen us in in china and you know seeing us here and and if you're this powerful gang leader and someone's trying to take you down wouldn't you want to take them out first you would think so wouldn't you but does does he see use for rio Dude, my whole theory, yeah, my whole theory after this game was like, dude, there's going to be some kind of team up somehow. Lon D and, and Rio are, m- might team up in a future game. I could totally see that happening. Well, when you consider that Niao-san has just burnt down the castle with Landy in it, and there's that f- mm-hmm. infighting the two men, you never know, do yeah. you? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, what do you think of that reveal? I I was disappointed we didn't get more of her. I wanted more of Same. more of her. Oh, she she had that sort of bit undercover. And I think that could have been developed more. Had I think they had mm-hmm. the more more resources and the time. And I know that from speaking to sort of people involved in the game that 
they had to change the ending a little bit to get the game out. So I think there was more there than we got. But got it. There, there's a lot of mystery around her. And yeah. the actual reveal of her, I thought, was, was done okay. And I think <laughs> it's left me wanting more. But I, I just think they could have developed the whole thing around it a tiny bit more. Yeah, I love, love secret organizations. Like, I'm obsessed with Organization 13 from Kingdom Hearts and Akatsuki from Naruto. So, the Chiyu Min. Oh, like, I'm so, I want to know more about this organization. I want to see the internal workings. I want yes. to see their ultimate goal. There's still so much to learn about them. And what made what really made it interesting, and I know Shenmue 3 gets criticized for having a lack of story content, and some of that is justified. I'm not I'm not gonna beat around the bush about it. I think we'd all have liked more story content. Mm-hmm. But let's let's just sum this up a little bit. Rio does not have the Phoenix mirror anymore. Mm-hmm. He's lost the mirror. Landy has been betrayed. I don't know if he knows by who, but he's been betrayed. And you're going to that cliff temple, and we don't know what we're going to find there, do we? So what what do you think no. we may come across? Great question. Man, I don't know. I feel like I could I feel like the next Shenmue could actually reverse it all and like the beginning of the game we fight Londi. Yeah. Instead of like saving it for the end, like maybe he's there and, you know, we get into another scuffle and, and he finally gives us some information. You know, maybe he finally talks to us like, you got it all wrong, kid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I don't know. Or maybe he is just a, a evil scumbag and but maybe he maybe he wants to, you know, maybe he's like freaking Emperor Palpatine and he wants to turn us to the dark side or some shit. I don't know. It could go so many ways. It's, it's interesting because they on the boat to the Cliff Temple, they talk about how Landy was raised by the Chiyu men. So we don't know what information he's been fed. Yeah, he could be a victim, too. They could totally play that angle. You know, tragic backstory. Just about, you know, because, c- uh. The whole thing of, of Londi killing Iwo is because he killed his father or whatever, but what if that isn't all Yeah, that it seems? You know, maybe he had misinformation or got manipulated as well. But then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip that a little bit. What if Wow did? What if he did kill his father? Yeah. And then how does Rio so, handle that? Because he Rio has Wow on a pedestal, doesn't he? And rightly so. Yes. That's he's been presented. Oh, that's great. So can you imagine that fall from grace if that's the way they went? Totally. That would be epic. Oh my gosh. Because that'd be another life lesson too for, for Shenmue and, and just for the players. Because, you know, that, that is a big part of it is is these these life lessons and seeing different perspectives and just seeing Rio having to struggle with that. I think would make for a very compelling game. It would make for a very compelling story of how he develops, how he develops as a character, how he puts that behind him. Cause that's part of his training. Mm-hmm. Part of his character is, yeah. is, is control of the mind. It's putting that behind you, putting all those pressures and all of that revenge, that want that desire behind you to make the right decision. <laughs> and it could go so many different. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it actually. Same, same. 
Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Shenmue 4. We've got the anime as well to talk about. There's so much now. It's great. <laughs> Shenmue 4, I mean, for me, and I, I want your opinion on this, is I think Shenmue 3 could be the basis for Shenmue 4 to really take take the ball by the horns and knock everything out of the park because you've got the systems, you've got the fighting engine, which can be improved on. You've got the graphics, which, as we've been talking about, have have improved time after time after time after they've shown stuff. So naturally, we would expect more progression in that area. What what do you want from Shenmue 4 as the game? What do you want to see? Uh, visuals, definitely a little better. I mean, next-gen consoles are out now, so you know, tech has just had a big leap because of that. So I imagine the graphics could look better without the cost going up as huge, you know? I feel like making uh, making a last-gen game might be a little cheaper than it used to be. Yeah. But I would cool. still love this, love for this, obviously, to be on, on the new, shiny new systems. Um, but yeah, I think, honestly, I think I would love it if we had one area yeah as opposed to multiple um i feel like it's always going to be hamstrung now by the budget the first two games were just so expensive to make and they just didn't sell well enough and I just I I can't see a world ever again unfortunately. It's really sad and hard to say, but I just can't see a world in where a Shenmue sequel now gets that kind of money ever. Uh so I think the the best option would be to scale it down to like one environment and just make that place so lived in, so densely packed with with awesome stories and characters and and things to do. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that, and it's something I I would agree with because I think games as a whole now are too big. I think they lose that that attention to detail because worlds are huge now, and mm-hmm. if they go for that one area which is densely populated, lots of stories, lots of detail, I, it appeals to me a lot. And Yuzuki has talked publicly about wanting to make an air, one area more detailed. I think it was with either Famitsu or IGN Japan. He talked about Shenmue 4 and how he wants to make the area you have that you know, smaller, more detailed. So I think he's been listening oh, to awesome. those things, which is which is fantastic to hear. So yeah, I, I that's what, what I, I would agree. I think it goes, you scale the world down, you improve your systems and you, you tell a compelling story in that one or one and a half areas. If you want to have like a boss type area type thing, mm-hmm. it's like totally similar to like either like the yellowhead tower or, or, or something like that, that would work mm-hmm. really, really well. But I, I feel that they have to, they have to tell a compelling story to really sort of drive it on. I think mm-hmm. and here's another question should it just should it be the final game do you think on a on a personal level i think it'd be the smart thing to do for sure you go one more like the fact that three was made is a damn miracle <laughs> you know let's <laughs> definitely uh i i yeah i can remember the whole grand plan right of 16 chapters was it, it was supposed to be 16 then scaled down to 16, 11 and then i scaled down i don't know what it is now <laughs> 
Yeah, it's kind of changed over over everything, right? And, and the Shemu one is what one through three, and then the the comic is four and something. Yeah, I, it's it's changed a couple of times, so I, I forget at the moment. But at the end of the day, I think one more game close it out would be would be the the absolute best move. And then too, like maybe you could even use that to get more support you you say that it's the last one you hype it up as the conclusion uh because when Shenmue 3 was coming out like we all knew that this wasn't going to be the end so maybe you know that I think contributed to maybe kind of the negative vibes of the game of just like oh they're asking fans for money and it's you're not even the the whole story and you're gonna need more it was just like this pessimism maybe yeah, I would, so. I would agree with that. I think the Shenmue fans, we all knew that Shenmue 3 was a continuation. It was never going to be the mm-hmm. end. I do think some outlets sort of latched onto. Why is it not the end? Well, because it's not due to be the end of the story. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm uh, whatever happens with Shenmue 4, I'm glad Shenmue 3 wasn't the end because I think they'd have had to rush everything. Totally. Absolutely. I loved the quiet moments with Shenhua and just learning about the the old uh, Emperor and stuff coming and all the mirror stuff. And I just loved, loved learning about that. And I mean, I love Bailu Village. I think it's one of my, it had that almost homely feel that Dev Wheater had. Right. Totally. Yeah, I like to say Shimu 3 is kind of a combination of 1 and 2 yeah. with each city, you know? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, actually. I think, you, I think you're completely right. Bailu Village um, surprised me of how much I liked it, actually. I, yeah. I, it maybe wasn't as rudimentary as I was expecting. I think had we got a direct continuation on Dreamcast, it may have been slightly different. But I, mm-hmm, loved, of course. I loved what we got. Same. It was Same. Magi- a magical village. It really was. I can quite happily sit there and just explore the village for hours and get lost in fishing and herb hunting and and, and training oh, and everything else. The little kids doing martial arts yes. in the courtyard is so jolly. I love it. it no, it's, it's a beautiful village. So talking about, obviously we talked about Shenmue 4 and the future of the franchise. We have the anime, the Shenmue anime, which got announced in September. Um, they had to announce it early because Shenmue fans are like detectives. They found out about it before it should have done. Um, of course. What, what's your what's your feelings on it? Do you, and how do you think it fits into the wider Shenmue franchise? I am excited about this, of course. Any more Shenmue is great uh, in any capacity. The more, the better. Um, grateful for it, even existing. I th- I feel like it's going to be a recap, right, of the first games? Yeah, the first two. Yeah, I think this is is smart. Uh, my hope and my dream is that it gets new fans on board. Definitely. You know, they see maybe this anime because the the at the end of the day, the number one takeaway for me with Shenmue will always be the story. Of course, I love so many other things about it. Don't get me wrong. Love love all the little mini games and QTEs and everything, but it's it's the the grand narrative and the smaller stories with characters that I still remember to this day and will never forget. So I think if you can get people on board and say, hey, this is these are the kind of stories we're telling 
in this series, then hopefully it'll lead them to try the games. Yeah, and I think it makes those conversations around Shenmue 4 easier if it does take off because mm-hmm. you have that bigger fan base. People come in, they start uh-huh. playing the games, they start buying Shenmue merchandise, and it makes those conversations easier to go, mm-hmm. look at this market. Because at the end of the day, as much as we love Shenmue, and it's a business. It is a business. Yep. And WiseNet and Sega and whoever else are involved, they want to make money. Yep, they need to make money. Like people human beings work on these that have lives and need sleep and need to pay rent and you know the employees need to be paid like yes there is a lot of factors that we usually don't think about (laughs) but it is absolutely a a tricky thing getting a game made made let alone a the fourth game in a series definitely and i think also with the anime going into that a bit more is we've had obviously the chapters as we know we've just discussed it have changed a lot from 16 to 11 mm-hmm. it gives i think an opportunity for some of those sort of untold chapters to come in like the boat chapter between shenmue um one and two for example they could tell that story and they can have a different slant on some of the stories that have been told already and uh, and sort of have their own interpretation without going too far away, I think, from, from the core mm-hmm. story, which I'm glad Yu Suzuki is on board with it and is an executive producer because I think he, anything Shenmue, he has to be around it. Otherwise, I think it loses his essence. Completely, completely. Yeah, definitely. The fact that he's involved is is essential. It feels more authentic yeah. than than a kind of a cash grab you know that that's kind of a cynical thing it's like oh let's take this franchise and try to make money a different way but the fact that he's involved means it's the the passion is there the the reverence the love of it definitely yeah and it and you know it's going to be a certain quality in terms of the story if if he likes it you, the chances are we're going to like it, which I think mm-hmm. with confidence. Here's a question actually around the anime. Would you want to see Corey Marshall come back? I know I would. Oh, of course, of course. Um, and I can remember hearing that a lot of the actors were going to return from the game, but they were going to get new people as well. So I'm hoping he's he's there. I would imagine he's going to be. I would bet on that. I if I was if I was in Las Vegas, I'd throw a bet down on that. Yeah, no question I, I, that he's coming back. I would. I think if you don't, you almost alienate some people because he's synonymous. Mm. Corey is a fan, and he's part of this community, and and he's part of the journey. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to lose him because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for this, dude. You're getting me hyped, man. Thanks. Now I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight thinking about the Shenmue anime you're you're welcome i'm I'm just desperate for news on it (laughs) i know where is it it, it, i feel like we haven't heard anything about it in a really long time like is it is it still coming i hope the the last news we had on it was it was supposed to be this year i'd imagine towards the end of the year and before christmas there was an interview in famitsu with yuzuzuki and one of the i think directors or producers talking about it and they'd shown Yu Suzuki two episodes without the voices and that was before Christmas awesome. so it's definitely happening I just want to see okay. a trailer 
please. Yeah, yeah. Hook us up. Hey, we're used to waiting now. We can wait. No rush. Yeah, 18 years. We'll be all right, won't we? Yeah. I'm, I, do, I hope it takes off because I think it, it will be, as you say, it will bring new fans in. It's an opportunity. It isn't a money-making opportunity as well. They can make merchandise. They can make DVDs. And if it gets a second season as well, you could go through Shenmue 2 and 3 and tell the story so that everybody's at the same point. So assuming we get a Shenmue 4, everybody's at the same point. So anybody can come in, having watched the anime, pick up the fourth game and be with us. Totally. Yeah, because I feel like that's all you need to get someone on board, I feel like, that has no idea what Shenmue is. Show some sick-ass martial arts anime style between some characters, and I feel like people will be like, oh, what's that? Like, that will that will catch people if you just have really, really cool fight scenes in a trailer. Yeah. Show that off. 70 man battle in an anime trailer or some of it <laughs> yeah that, seriously that would that would really and i think you're right i think if you get those because like cool martial arts yeah. in there it's cool it looks good and it's i don't know it's, yes. it, 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 it entices you in doesn't it and then then you get them you get them with that and then once you have them then all of a sudden you know you start the, the those those stories start coming up and those bonds and those characters that's when you get people attached you show the flashy action then they're in get them on board with the story and it's that's it and once those story hooks have you as we both know that's it <laughs> yeah. that, that is it you yep. you are hooked on this franchise for life <laughs> yep our poor wives <laughs> <laughs> i feel sorry for my wife a tiny <laughs> a tiny bit i'm just conscious of the time because obviously you got to stream later um i'm going to close us down this interview down with um just one final question do you have a message for the shenmue community across the globe going forward uh never give up follow your dreams follow your heart follow your passions that's it i mean this franchise coming back it, some people think it it's silly, but I really, it has been one of the most inspirational moments of my life. Just something that people said was impossible and dead and never going to happen actually happening and proving those people wrong. And Yu Suzuki's just ultimate drive and determination is so inspiring that, uh, yeah, just never give up, never stop believing fantastic um and all it remains for me to say is thank you for taking the time to join me today i've had an absolute ball going back all the way back feeling like i was falling again it's been fantastic and i'd love to have you back sometime oh yes thank you likewise that was so much fun thank you so much for having me matt absolute pleasure <laughs>